0: tell this, but I am centered. I am Mm -hmm. serene.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is something
0: especially zen about you today. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. I um, had the pleasure of going um, with Ben on a 24-hour yoga and breathwork retreat okay, Uh, in Santa Monica, California, uh, sponsored by an app called Open. Um now here's the thing I think if you're searching the app store which you should I think it's like O-P-E-N hyphen e hyphen n is uh-huh. is the official name because if you search for open what comes up is a dating service for three ways um, <laughs> which is not it's not the same as this wellness app but it was um, uh, it's a new wellness app that is sort of it's wellness based but it's a little on the peloton model of like there are live classes and you can, you know, if you're doing yoga, you can have your camera on so the person can, you know, critique your form or whatever. It's a really cool app. Um, and, but anyway, they they took it was like a media trip. They took a bunch of people to the proper hotel in Santa Monica, and it was like 24 hours of like sound baths and, and breath work sessions. I'd never done breath work before, Matt. Have you done breath work?
1: I don't know. I I guess so. I mean, I breathe. Have well, I?
0: okay. See, I breathe too, but breath work very different thing. You're like, you're, you're, we were on the ground on yoga mats and you breathe in like and fill up your, you do like diaphragmatic breathing. So you fill up your belly, then you fill up your chest and then you, and then you release it all out. And, and you do it like to a beat, to the beat of live music in this case over the course of like 10 minutes. And then I, it was like mushrooms, like fully, it was, it took me mentally, physically to a different space there was there screaming involved yes there was there was a moment where it was just like scream at the top of your lungs which i did and i left my body for a moment it was really really something else i'm into breath work now that's my thing
1: i'm fascinated and so you're screaming at the top of your lungs at the yes. end of the breath work period
0: in the middle. In the, yeah, middle in the middle yeah there were maybe 12 of us in uh in, in a studio was it in Venice yes of course it was of course um but yeah uh, all of us just like screaming there was a gong there was you know live percussion it was incredible and then of course out for a vegan dinner with with the gang from from the app um, all of whom are unbelievably beautiful right like next level beautiful um and and just like serene and cool and 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 I was like who's the Keith? A little bit, like, Uh uh because this might be a cult, and I might be interested. And I'm, you know, I'm wondering where the tattoo will eventually go, but (laughs) I'm, I'm willing to put it on me. Um, Truly, truly life changing. Twenty four hours of yoga and breath work. I mean, you know, probably eight of it was sleep, but so sixteen hours of yoga and breath work, and I'm a new man.
1: And uh, this feeling, of like the, uh, almost like you were on mushrooms, and that euphoria—did yeah. it? Did it stay with you after the session was
0: over? It actually did. Like all through that dinner, Ben and I both were like, "Do you feel awesome?" And we did. It was yeah, it was really great. It was really great. I'm uh, I'm a convert. It took me nearly twenty years, but I have gone full LA. I do well. Now. Welcome. I, do I guess I have to. So
1: why am I five. I'm acting like I don't know what this is talking about? I was a fucking theater major at NYU. All I did was lie on the floor and breathe and cry for four years. You know. Oh, that's great. God, um, that's great. Thought to brag.
0: Yeah, mm, love it. Open O hyphen P hyphen E whatever. Just do a search for like open wellness. You'll find it. It'll come up. If you end up on the three way app, you know. whatever have fun do you get both Uh, open
1: apps why why don't you
0: why not why not do it with a friend do it with a third um how's your week uh just as boring as ever
1: as usual coming Mm -hmm. into this intro an empty husk with nothing to contribute but Mm. we did just complete this week's interview Yes, with, we did. Uh, your dear friend, and now I'm going to say it. My my new friend, Mike Doyle. The world.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, to know Mike Doyle is to love Mike Doyle. He is um, he is a human being of just pure charm and eloquence. Um, I loved him from the moment I met him. Uh, he is the CEO of Ketchum, which is a massive PR firm. Uh, he is now on the board uh, of directors of GLAD. Maybe not the board of. Do- he's on the board yes, of GLAD. He's, he's on, on the board. a board of GLAD. Um, and he's just, he's just one of these people who I think is truly, truly remarkable. Um, and I am always thrilled to introduce him to people. And I am now thrilled to introduce, introduce him to all of you. Um, however, there were technical difficulties. Yeah. All of that. Each of us came in to this zoom with our own internet baggage. Was it a laggy? Uh, Wi-Fi was it a, a computer that is apparently held together by uh, duct tape and dreams. Uh, whatever it was, we each had a moment of utter Wi-Fi chaos. So please be patient and listen all the way through because um, it's worthwhile. It's worth getting through the difficult Internet times that we had. And as I say this, Matt McConkey is frozen. I say this, and Matt McGonkey is frozen. We are all, God, we're just barely hanging on. I'm telling you, folks. All right, oh, listen, uh, the Wi-Fi hates us, but we love you, and we love Mike Doyle. Listen to him and get the full experience.
1: I was frozen until this very moment, <laughs> so whatever <laughs> whatever happened, whatever you said, I stand by it, and <sighs> let's go to the interview.
0: Mike Doyle, you're in Asbury Park, I have to assume.
2: I can go one further than that. I am uh, I am nine and a half blocks from the Stone Pony. Yeah, you are. I know.
0: Are they doing Sounds concerts like the yet? the Stone
3: Pony is.
0: Oh, the Stone Pony is a legendary rock venue where Bruce Springsteen got his start and which has an excellent outdoor summer concert series, oh, which well, are they?
2: Uh, they are, yeah, back in, uh, in, a, in a really awesome, creative way um so the summer stage is up uh it's rolling and they've created instead of sort of a a standing room only situation they've got about oh i don't know 50 75 or so um picnic tables uh Mm -hmm. you know the the beer garden's open and all that stuff so you reserve a table and you're with your friends and everybody's there and it's working out it's working out great i love it who's playing a couple of uh, Couple of I was going to say a couple of Bruce cover bands. Um, Great, you're going to be thrilled and and intrigued. Uh, uh, Cafferty, oh my God, what the what? John what's, Cafferty what's and
0: Cafferty. the Beaver Brown Band.
2: I think this weekend. I think uh, this weekend. Up on, on the Marquee. dark side. I know. Oh yeah. On the dark side. On the dark side. Come Which on. Which is uh, you know yeah, it's a big deal. Big deal for us. Mm-hmm. So for those who
0: don't know, Asbury Park has become something of a uh, a more sensible Fire Island. <laughs> <laughs> Depends
3: yeah, on the that's night. That's what I'm hearing. It's not a place that you think of as like a thriving queer community. But what what is the scene in there?
2: Oh, I got. I love. I love the question. Um, all credit to the pioneers of Asbury Park, uh, and there are many. Uh, you know, there were. This this town is uh, for those of you, the good listeners who who might not know the Jersey Shore as well. Uh, Asbury by car is like a 55 minute drive from the city. And so that's terrific, right? Instead of having to, you know, take a helicopter and then, you know, like a like a blimp and then a train and a and a you know cab to fire on to wherever you have to do to do that. 55 minutes by car, hour and 40 minutes by train. So that's attractive. Right about 2000, 2001, some really uh, brave and terrific folks looked at Asbury, a town that had been um, had let a lot of it kind of go, by, you know, by the wayside. A lot of big, beautiful Victorian homes, these spectacular, you know, ten-bedroom homes right off the beach. That is not where I'm coming to you from. Uh, but they said, you know what? What if we went down and gave this a shot and picked up a lot of houses and started to turn them and started to to modernize them and all that stuff, and did that in concert with this incredibly beautiful. Uh, diverse, exciting, artistic community in a town. And they've already, they were already here. And so together, I think that sort of combined unity has created this resurgence in Asbury. And it's just unbelievable. Now it is, there's a thriving uh, LGBTQ community, an amazing restaurant scene. The music scene has always been here, but it, it's just a, it's such an awesome Kind of melting pot of folks that wanted to get out of the city for either a weekend place or a place to to, to actually live full time, um, married with a really rich, diverse community that uh, that that is already here. So just a, it. Uh, I will tell you, we bought this place. Um, we bought this place eleven years ago. We were not among the pioneers. We were among the lucky ones, and uh, but we never thought it would be the sanctuary that it had to be for the past, uh, you know, 16, 18 months. Um, yeah. and it's just, uh, it's been, a, it's honestly, it's been unbelievable. It's a great place. Uh, I was come to Asbury was Park. Ask, We're here uh,
0: Absolutely. It. Everybody come to Asbury Park. Um, has it been your COVID refuge? Did you, did you escape the city and hang we, out?
2: We did. We, Oh my God. I, I, it was the Friday, Friday night, March 13th of, uh, of 2020. Of course, everybody has their, you know, their, I remember that weekend story, But it was that Friday night, and my husband, Brett, um, Dave, whom you obviously know, uh, we were, I I sort of shut down the office. He and I, believe it or not, I'm I'm mortified and somewhat horrified to recall this. We, We went out to a bar and had dinner. Like, it was like, you know, you just didn't know what the hell was going on. Woke up Saturday morning. We each packed like a duffel bag. I think I had two sweaters and some... Like socks, I don't don't know. And then I, you know, iPad charger. And we're like, all right, let's just go to the house and we'll see where this all goes. Um, And I remain sitting in the same place that I was that Saturday, March fourteenth. Yeah, this became our sanctuary. Thank God. Thank God.
0: Yeah, city life could not have been easy in the last year and a half. I, you know, I think back to if this had happened, you know, when I was. 26 and had three roommates in a railroad apartment on the upper east side or whatever the idea of not ever being able to leave or or
2: whatever i mean that's good god we had it's it's so funny that you say that like i I think about the 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 good folks that i work with at at my agency and um i can't tell you how many times you know i i'm as i'm sitting here i'm looking out we've got a, a a perfectly lovely backyard and a deck and i'm you know 10 blocks to the beach and all these things and we, once we sort of settled in and realized this was going to be for a while, uh, you know, we tried very hard to, to break into some routines, you know, like end the day and head to the beach and walk on the boardwalk, even even in the, in the frigid, you know, December and January temperatures, just to make good use of the space. Or I would do, I would do conference calls and kind of do laps in the backyard just to be able to stay active and make me feel less guilty about the two bottles of wine that I would drink that night yeah. but I would be on phone calls right with with I work with a lot of young folks the average age at my at my agency is about 27 and these were the you know if, if you're in New York if you're in LA you're in DC you're living with like you know nine people in a one-bedroom thing that you put up fake walls right they were desperate to get the hell out of there they were desperate to to um you know once we could open up the offices and make them available, they were desperate to get out of there to get some space. So I I tried so hard to empathize and make them feel loved and, and cared for in other ways. But it was tough. It was really, really tough, particularly when like, I love that New York is often described as, um, you know, a place where you live in a tiny place, because the city is your living room. Like, what is it? What, what does it say when your living room is shut down? and You can't enjoy it right a whole part of your existence is uh anyway so very lucky yeah. never uh never try never to take this place for granted
0: yeah so in your asbury park living room what did you what were your what were your like cultural um uh like w- what got you through what what was oh, wow. how did you soothe yeah. yourself culturally oh, what besides point. wine
2: what a great question! Totally. Well, there's that. There's that. Yeah. That's why we're together, right? Isn't that we're going to explore my my uh, consumption issues? My wine This
0: is an intervention. Issues. Yeah. That's yeah. It's I just it's on, it's on tape.
2: It's on tape, so yeah. you can get back to it. Very one day at a time is how it feels, which is uh, yeah. uh, is always your vibe. Um, I'll, oh God. So in no uh, in no respectable order, um, we went hard and remain so. Devotees of the America's Test Kitchen. <laughs> Do you know oh, America's yes. Test Kitchen? Right? Do I ever? If, if you don't, you must like Bridget and Julia and their team of people. Literal Dan Souza, um, with whom I'm obsessed. Like Brett and I cooked from there. We watched the show. It would keep me sane at night. Like if there was something amazing about escaping into that. Uh, was a huge uh, salve for us. Oh it's the, it is the so, best because
0: they will go so deep, so deep. um it, it, they will not only tell you the recipe, they will tell you why mm-hmm. each ingredient is there, why mm-hmm. it is that amount of each ingredient mm-hmm. um what other things they tried and uh, what the result was like it's it's very um cooking was always sort of mystifying to me, but they yeah. they make it very. Um, very easy, very like, um, I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for, but it, but it, it they make it make sense in a way that made it more accessible to me. You I know? think
2: too, like, I don't know that this has occurred to me uh, until this very moment. I think one of the reasons maybe I, we loved it so much and I still do is it's like, I, I, I am not wired to, to, uh, do two things at once equally well. I pretend mm-hmm. to try to multitask, but I can't, like, if I, if I'm focused on something then I'm, I'm disastrous on other stuff. So with those, with what you do with America's Test Kitchen, like you have to follow those 67 steps that lead to perfection. So I couldn't do anything else. So maybe it kept me distracted in a way that was therapy that I didn't realize it. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's, so very that was it's very immersive.
0: It's very immersive. immersive. And, I, and I, I love not only do they, do they give you great recipes and also yeah. Cook's Illustrated. I'm sure you're uh you're a reader and or subscriber. Um, in all ways. But But in America's Test Kitchen, you will get those excellent recipes. But then it'll be like, you know, here's ten minutes on spatulas, and it's (laughs) ten riveting
2: minutes on spatulas. Have you you ever wondered how to save your extra mole? And I'm like, well, no, but I'm a weaker person because I I have, (laughs) and, and, and now i will and then the other way it doesn't matter there's it's all it's all beautifully tied to commerce too like i really respect it because i would watch something and i'd be like oh my god like my garlic press is anemic like what am i doing i have to immediately go on and buy whatever the the thing is that they recommended like i'm two in the morning and i'm throwing out all of our condiments because they're subpar like it it just it it so you asked me. You asked me what got us through. I'm conscious that I sound as crazy as I believe that I, I have become, uh, but that was a big <laughs> that was a big deal. Um, a quick uh, a quick shift to um, uh, music, like to the music yes. of this pandemic. I and I want. To, I would love to hear what you guys what you've done, like how you've done it. Mm-hmm. We uh, Brett and I. Uh, um, first of all, do a do a peep. Is the patron saint of my pandemic survival? Okay, like Dula Lipa or Dula Peep? Well, Dula Peep, as Wendy Williams once called her. And, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> right, and so the problem is like I now I can't make it Dua Lipa. Like the problem, and I'll never be able. I actually, actually forget us. what her given name was. Um, yeah, so, so I'll call her Dua Lipa now, out of respect. Um, okay. <laughs> whole Dua Lipa dance parties here oh, at the house. Boy. Oh,
0: right. I, I hate that I person. have missed them.
2: Right. It, she oh, you, well, we delivered us. We'll Facetime you. We'll Facetime you. Oh, um, that We be still great. have the. Um, we still have her performance on SNL with the jellyfish uh, hat uh, that uh, mm-hmm. um, will never be deleted from from the DVR ever.
0: Absolutely. You will need to go back to that. I, uh, I love her. I have loved her from the beginning. Uh, uh, this was probably four years ago. Now I went, uh, I went to London and I was staying across from like a, um, what, Like a mall that was shipping containers. It was one of those kinds of, <laughs> sure. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all little tiny like burger pop ups and yeah. shoe pop ups and whatever. And then there was like a, a sort of comment, like a hangout area with, a, with an inflatable screen and they played music videos all day. And the one that they kept playing was Blow Your Mind, Moi. in parentheses, Mm. and I was like, the first time I heard it, I was like, who's this ridiculous person, and why is she on that TV, and then the second time, I was like, okay, this is stupid, but that moi is kind of, there's, it says a lot, it contains multitude, by the third time, I was like, I I don't, I'm, if this person starts a cult, I'm in,
2: and I've never left. all of my things, and I will follow her uh, (laughs) wherever she goes. We have, so so we have this, um, this playlist um, that Brett has, my husband Brett started literally i think march like that saturday march 14th and just we've added like well oh, i like that song i love that song that's interesting where would that come from okay so it's now <laughs> cumulatively probably like 14 hours of music that yeah. he has it's it's called the, the stay-at-home list and it it's um it's everything from dua lipa to like folklore which is a masterpiece um our friend taylor swift uh but then there's like you know, the elite soundtrack. Are you, were you guys elite? Are you elite fans?
3: Netflix? No. No.
2: Oh, gentlemen. Oh, what? What have we done? I don't know what we're talking about. Well, you've done, you've done too little is what (laughs) you, um, you tonight, today, please, please, please. It's on Netflix. Um, it's called elite. Um, it is, uh, it is how to describe it. It's, it's the OC um, meets uh, the Spanish version of the OC, um, mm-hmm. but then there's like murder. Um, but then, then everybody's having sex at some point, and then there's more mm-hmm. murder. But then you're back in high school, and it's it is, and it, the soundtrack is this incredible, like super like Spanish European infused dance music. And it is um, it is uh, it is embarrassing now that I'm as excited as I am with you because I'm I'm looking at your faces and I realize that I I need to maybe talk to somebody about this. Not at all. No! I do know what
3: you're talking about. It did.
2: I wasn't associating it with soundtrack. I so it took me a minute to catch up. One Friday night, I'll never forget that We were deep in the pandemic, and we got to it was it was actually it was it was pretty great. There are these um, uh, as I. I said to a lot of people sort of the, the beauty and the burden of the past 16 months right and one of the the beauty and the burden one one friday night we would get used to like really long weeks and work really hard and it'd be friday night 7 30 o'clock it would still be the two of us and we'd make cocktails and figure dinner out and all these things and i can this <laughs> one friday night deep in the deep in the depths of the pandemic and i was coming down the steps and i was walking into basically one of the clubs featured in elite i was like Wait, what is this music? I, I know this music. Well, here Brett had like wired into Spotify's elite uh soundtracks. And and that's what happened here. That's what happened. Less murder, less murder here at the house that night, but but a lot of but a lot of SGC. More SGC. Great. Yeah, Just
0: SGC and great thumping dance music. Oh what God. we have done, Mike, and I would urge you to try this as well, is um, Ben has set up a projection area in the backyard. Amazing. So we would you know you would think movies but we haven't gotten that ambitious yet or 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 our attention spans won't allow it yet what what we do because outside has always been a safe place for uh, for socializing and whatever we figured out a way to like you know not isolate ourselves and go crazy um so we have friends over i figured out how to do a collaborative youtube playlist so you show up you get the link we all kind of take turns playing things. Everyone has, you know, two or three songs on deck or, or videos or live performances or comedy sketches or whatever. It's, uh, it's the full, like, video bar experience. It's oh like the Midnight gosh. Sun in the Castro, so but in our cool. backyard.
2: That's amazing.
0: It is really, really fun. Um, so and I, yeah, I'm glad that we had to do something like that.
3: Yeah, you know, yeah. it's just been, it's been helpful. So cool. How, how do you guys know each other? What is the friendship origin story here?
0: We met through our mutual friend Matt Berman, who is uh, who is a fascinating guy in his own right. He's a uh, an architect and designer, and uh, I think he was kind of one of the the pioneers yeah. of Asbury Park. Without um, question. Yeah, um, and he and his husband had me and Ben down uh, to the Jersey shore. And, and I will never forget this. Oh um, God! Oh, God. Uh, w- uh, he was having people over on that Friday as the the gang for the weekend gathered. I believe it was for like a circuit party, basically like the only circuit 100%. party I've ever been to. It was, uh, yeah, the, the was on the beach. That
2: Asbury had ever hosted. It was, it was, yeah. it was, um, it's
0: a bold move. Asbury. It was a bold move. <laughs> yeah. It was a bold move. Um, but as the crowd was gathering that Friday night, um, I, I went out, you were talking to Matt by the pool, and something had just happened at work, there was some sort of a something that you had to get involved. And, and it was a big thing. And, and I had not met you yet. Um, but I was sort of like on the outside of your conversation. And you explained what you had had to do that day. And then you turned to me and you put your hands on my forearm. And you said, I'm a lot. <laughs> Oh, and I was God. like, "Oh, here's my friend Mike,
2: here's oh, I my friend remember Mike remember that oh Jesus yeah, oh, I'll never well, forget yes, that. that that uh that rings true mm-hmm. I remember so yes, I remember uh the next day um we were we were at this at this circuit party that was you know it was um kind of multi stage it like was a multi stage situation it was um,
0: oh my God, oh my God." <laughs> Matt, welcome to StockX. Thank you so much. So good to be here. Take a look around. I think you'll really enjoy it. We are the only live marketplace for what's now and what's next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, trading cards, Matt, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. You just
1: named all the things that I, A, am looking for and B, care about. And the good Mm -hmm. news is with StockX... You have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market values. So you can discover products that are on trend, ahead of
0: the trends, by shopping on StockX, and it's so easy. Just download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in just a few easy clicks. Start shopping right now at StockX.com. Okay, so just to fill the listener in, um, a full technological clown show on my end. My laptop just fully decided to become a techno remix. Um, I I couldn't I could see, but all I could hear was a, a half a syllable from Mike Doyle repeating over and over again. I had to restart. I'm sweating. Uh, then Mike's Wi-Fi went down. It's it, we're back.
3: We've We're been back. through something. I, I do need the people to know that again. right when we broke, Mike had just started yeah. an, an anecdote. we at the very beginning of it, and Dave starts reacting to the computer meltdown. And but for whatever reason, Mike and I can still see and hear him. So <laughs> it's a meet like Mike is like, "Oh, and there's a circuit party on multiple levels," and Dave
2: is like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh, fuck. Fuck, fuck. He was more excited. He was more excited in the retelling than he was at the circuit party. Yeah. So it was having a disproportionate reaction to it, which I was like, wait, was I there? Was I was yeah. I there? Yeah, but we're back. Everybody, we are we are. We're back.
0: We're back. back. But so yeah, back, back. this circuit party was not like a circuit party. We're not like we're no. not talking the black party. No. It's not, you know, no. we didn't go I'm not it was glitter. just a party on the beach.
2: Yeah. yeah, there's yeah. there's no. no like you know there's no glitter. You're not wearing horns. It was, but mm-hmm. this is how I remember. This is the, this is the episode that I remember. So it's the day. It's the day of. It was called Sandblast. That's um, right. And right, remember and and there's like a sort of a beach thing going on. But you and I and our friends, Ben, my husband Brett, obviously Matt, the, the whole crew. We're like on this raised pavilion thing. Yeah, and I remember. <laughs> I remember looking around, and, you know, everybody was jacked, and everybody was in, like, tank tops, and everybody looked amazing and hot, and everybody was hot and all the stuff. And I looked down at myself, and then I looked at my new friend Dave, and I pointed out to you that you and I were the only two who decided that the appropriate outfit to wear to the circuit party was a sensible J Crew long sleeve like yeah. kind of rolled up at the arms and, mm-hmm. a, and a short and then we were in like you know comfortable sneakers because it was going to be a long day right yeah. and so while half the circuit party is is essentially nude and it's two o'clock in the afternoon <laughs> you and I are like maybe ready for I don't know the MoMA you know yeah. or, or, or at the very least like maybe yeah. a, latte like, a yeah. latte like at what point did I think a plaid J Crew? Was sexy at a circuit <laughs> <laughs> That was, and so, and yet, and yet, a love was born, and that was, yeah, and, and a love and a brotherhood was born. Yeah,
0: that's right, that's right. No, Sandblast Forged bringing people together. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That is so correct. Um, it was, uh, it was a lovely time. In that time, since then, you, um, you have gotten married. Yes. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be there. I, t- please tell Matt and the world how you and your husband, Brett, met.
2: Um, what a, what a, a wonderful question, because I love the answer. Um, we, we met, uh, and Dave knows this, we met when we were freshmen uh, at a beautiful little school in Pennsylvania, the place that we, uh, we were both lucky enough to find ourselves, called Muhlenberg College uh, in, in PA. Uh, and we've met—I don't know, day two or three or something like that—and it's—and it's so funny that you uh, that you remind me that I pointed out to you that I was a lot uh, because that was, I think, um, Brett's entire uh, uh, point of view about me for the better part of our freshman year. Um, it, you know, Millenber is a, a wonderful little bucolic school, um, pretty small. You got to know everybody, and we uh, we had. Some mutual friends freshman year, we sort of knew a lot of the same people and we knew of each other Uh, by sophomore year. Now, I should point out, we were years and years and years. We were a decade away from coming to each of us, coming to grips in our own way with with how we were made. I was was fighting every subconscious thought and conscious thought that I was having at that point about possibility that I was gay. Um, So by sophomore year, junior year, we were incredibly close friends. Uh, by senior year best friends, and, and, and that was it. And then we graduated uh, and, uh, you know, kind of went our relatively separate ways. I moved out to Los Angeles and, and he too, uh, to New York, but in this super connected group of about 10 to 15 of uh, our closest friends who remain so to this day. Um, and, uh, and then I moved back east a year later. We all found ourselves in Washington, D.C., uh, and that was when, uh, you know, a couple of things happened and I thought, oh shit, <laughs> I can't fight this. This is not something I can, I can, uh, I'm not going to win over it. It's going to have to, it's going to, I'm going to have to figure this all out. And, um, luckily, uh, I did, but I didn't do it alone. I did it with the benefit of, of my best friend, figuring it out himself too. Uh, and so though we chart our, you know, we met in, uh, in the fall of 1990, uh, we moved to, uh, to New York in 1999 and got married in 2016. Uh, so we chart our relationship really to, to when we moved to New York, uh, and started to figure it all out together. But, uh, unbelievably lucky. I, I, I really, uh, I, I, you know, I, I don't mean to sound, I don't know. I don't mean to sound hyperbolic. Like I, I just don't know, um, Uh, what I did to deserve a chance to, you know, meet my best friend and ultimately a guy who would help me through my own journey and his, but, uh, but, you know, to be able to create a life with this guy is, uh, is an unbelievable uh, struck of uh, good luck, good fortune.
3: I want to know when you say that he, that his perspective on you and you met freshman year was most likely that you Mm -hmm. were a lot. What, what did your allotness
2: look like? What was he what was he getting? What a, what a great question. I the the answer to that question is actually rooted uh, almost better in what Brett is. Uh, he's uh, Brett's the guy who looks at a room of fifty people and immediately sizes up the three or four that he's going to spend that night with. Right. Um, he he had he makes he makes deep uh, fewer deeper friendships. Uh, he is. Um, he is so loyal. He's so he's so devoted to the people that he loves and that love him. And and he's a guy who still has friends from grade school, right? Mm. Um, and I would like to think that I share some of that. I still have a lot of friends from grade school, and 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 love making friendships that deep. But if I go into a room of fifty, um, you know, I'm going to meet fifty people. And then I'll probably hang out with the caterers for a little while. And then I'll go see like, you know, if anybody needs anything in the coat room um, and, you know, I'll leave. And, and I, I am, I tend to, I hate this, but I tend to sort of be more of a, of a flitter. And I, I sort of, uh, I sort of, um, I don't, I don't often prioritize the things that he does and God, I wish I did. And that's what I love about him. He keeps me so grounded and he makes, make sure that I remember what's important and, and, and who's important. Um, so I was a lot, I was the, uh, you know, I was always, a, you know, running for something and wanted to be, you know, starring in some show or giving some speech or something like that. Um, thinking that that would be, uh, the only way I could be fulfilled. And, uh, and he helped me show that that's not the case
0: when you say that you two uh figured it out together once you Mm -hmm. reconnected on the east coast how how did that ice get broken
2: Mm -hmm. um well dave i uh i I talk about it actually in sort of a series of episodes honestly uh, that that it was for the two of us um and uh the you know the the first the first episode for us you you know that you got to remember we were we were part of this really beautiful consortium of friends, right? And I don't know how atypical this is. I think this might be pretty common for folks, right? Trying to figure it all out. Part of this big group of 15, 20 friends, inseparable, talked every day, you know, before we even had texting. And it was, we were just, we did, we were like a little pack. We just did everything together. And that gave us great comfort, right? I think as the two of us were a part of that, it also meant that we could sort of, figure this out but but on a way that that was supported by friends who were next to us they didn't know what was going on and and we certainly didn't say anything but but we at least felt like we had that family um episode one was um in believe it or not was in 2001 and it was uh brett was going through some stuff at work in 9-11 it was just it was a banana's time for everybody and um uh we were trying to figure out okay god what what's going to happen if he loses his job and all these things and we had a lot of quiet conversations about what that would mean we, you know were we roommates were we something different and and that was kind of the first conscious thought that that we had but i was like shit i'm not there yet i'm just not there yet years later uh in a in a moment that we would later realize was an actual gift um on some level We lost one of those people, one of the, one of that group, this incredible friend of ours, the husband of our dearest friend in the world, uh, passed away very suddenly. And that was when the two of us, um, almost without saying the words, we realized we were 33. We realized, uh, this is it this is too precious and we got to figure this out because we could be gone tomorrow and I, I i sound super dramatic right but i swear to god it's true it was just this moment where i thought jesus christ this is it and that was when i started to realize like i had i had my first conversation uh professionally that i can tell you about that was kind of wild and and it was when we started to we didn't we didn't burst out of the closet we stepped pretty carefully and pretty gradually, um, but uh, I don't even know if I'm answering your question. But that was you that was, that much was much. the way we did it. It was it was really together, truly, truly together. Um, but neither one dragged the other. Um, we had a lot of respect, I think, for the for the just the timing that we each needed to to uh, to figure it out.
3: It says so. But it's fascinating to me that you have stayed on this journey together because mm-hmm. when i think back to the people that i was close with or the people that i dated when i first came out it feels like a lifetime ago they feel like many lifetimes ago and like what do you attribute that to wow
2: his patience jesus um you know i i boy god i think i'm gonna sound like a you know, like a like a bad poem that you buy to hang on your fridge, uh, but but I swear to God, I think it's because we were we were just the best of friends first. We were the we were the best of friends, and we met we met at a time where neither one of us had anything figured out, and so we became incredibly close friends. In a place, at a place that we loved, surrounded by people who loved us, and we were all sort of in this in this moment where we didn't know who we were, what we were really here to be, and 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 all of that. So, I think the fact that the journey has been for the two of us really sorting that all out, but doing it together, um, it, it was it was. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know that I've got a great answer for you, uh, other than you know we we also have such a shared history that. Um, that that's been great, right? We're lucky that our families love each other. We're lucky that our friends are all still really the same. And we've got this incredible family now. Like, I think that's given us uh, a, a common ground, you know? And uh, and also, boy, I, I don't, it, not a day passes that I don't thank God or whomever that, you know, we also, we still have a blast. We still have a blast. We have a I'm blast. Kidding. And that has never, it's never changed. And we drive each other nuts and, four minutes later we're, we're just laughing our asses off
3: and it must have been such a fun wedding after after so much time together <laughs> and such a, a shared history and like a yeah. you know shared community
2: people must have
3: been like chopping at the bit to celebrate you guys
2: that's so sweet of you and and dave can offer his perspective I'll tell you though two things that that i I think made it three things actually one was we went back to muhlenberg to do it uh, we were the first same-sex marriage of two Muhlenberg graduates ever in that chapel at Muhlenberg College, which was very cool. Um, the second was we we um, we had almost four hundred people there, which I don't wow. say I know it's a little it's a little bananas. I don't I don't say that you know for any other reason than to say we kind of went through this conscious this conscious moment where we're like, all right, if it's just our families, then it's going to be like fifty people, but my God, we've each got so many chapters, his career, my career, our Asbury family, our New York family, right? And, and we wanted the whole thing to just be a big thank you note. Um, You know, I I was, uh, I was never, I was never, we, I don't know, I can't, I can't put all of us in that. But I I was, you know, I grew up never sort of thinking that, that that was in the cards for me that I would ever be I'd never live in a society where I could be married, or that I'd feel brave enough to want to be married publicly, or any of those. Just it just wasn't part of my conditioning, and and so to be able to do it, um, what we both wanted to do was thank everybody that had meant so much to us that got us to that place, and that's what it, that's what we hoped that it was going to be. And if we were going to send a big thank you note, you know, we're not going to we're not going to skimp on that. But I will tell you the third thing that was wild, and Dave remembers this. Our wedding was one week after uh, Donald Trump was elected president. And um, that cast this, it it, it was equal parts, you know, for for the majority of the guests, not all of them, but for the majority of the guests, it was equal parts sort of just total sobriety in terms of attitude, not behavior that night, but a total sobriety, right? Just a wake-up call, but then also this beautiful, loving, defiance That here we were 400 people in the great state of Pennsylvania that had turned red, and at a time where we had no idea what the fuck was going to hit us in the next four years, you know what, for these three or four hours with this incredible band in this in this place. Uh, we're going to have a good time and and we're going to show everybody that, that love does win. And, and I, I really mean that. I think that was the timing of the event could never have been planned or predicted. Uh, but I remember that I'll never, ever forget that. It was yeah, it so like
0: the best. beautiful and cathar- cathartic and loving yeah.
2: and Thank
0: you. affirming, you know, something
3: like the best at, end of the world I mean, party that that, that <laughs> one could ask for. Um, and I'm in wedding mode now, so I, I forgive me if I'm asking yeah. questions about this. But I oh my god, I'm what, ready. especially that you're you, the, you're getting married in this chapel. How did you decide who was your officiant? How traditional did you go in terms of like wedding party and?
2: Oh, I and love that. Oh my no, no, god, it I'm beaming because I can tell you how great these these incredible people were. So uh, we uh, we had uh, we had best people. Uh, we had our. Um, uh to our just our our family uh a guy named a guy named phil who was my roommate throughout all of college um uh he would later go on to marry one of my best friends uh since i was three uh in a wow. surreptitious moment of of uh, of meeting they are now married and amazing and fabulous and always uh he was one of our best people and the other was our was our dear friend heather uh, who is, uh, she's the third leg to stool. She's, uh, she's always been there and still is. So they were our best people. We were married by another one of our best friends in the world, a guy named Tommy, and Tommy was the officiant. And um, we had the, God, you're, you're, literally everyone has turned off this podcast at this point, I'm sure. Uh, the, uh, the minister from Muhlenberg uh, began the ceremony by sort of giving everybody a sense of place. We wanted everyone to sort of understand kind of that this was the first marriage of a same-sex uh, graduate couple, that, that just the significance of what that all meant. And then uh, and then Tommy just stole the show. He's a beautiful writer. He's a brilliant public speaker. Um, he's been like a brother to the two of us. And he was exactly the right person to bring everybody together. It was great. He did a really cool thing that uh, i don't know who's marrying you uh but uh just Matt. if this is ever inspiring i've I've passed this on to about five different people and it was all tommy i said i wanted this to be we wanted this to be a thank you note to everybody and and what he did was he said you know what the boys want this to be a thank you note so we're gonna we're gonna thank people by making sure people understand kind of the role that they played and so we're gonna start by thanking the, the people who were there first so would all the parents and brothers and sisters, Mike and Brett stand up and, and let's give them a round of applause and then the grade school crew and then high school and then college. And let's talk about Mike's oh work and Brett's work. And so on and on and on. And by the end of the piece, Tommy had lifted everyone up. Everyone was on their, uh, on their feet. And he said, now what we're all going to do is thank Mike and Brett for bringing us here with a round of applause and I could, I could fill up now. I mean, it was, I, I I've, I've never felt, remember that day? Like I've never yes. felt that sense of, of community, but again, I will tell you, I think it was catharsis. I think it was, it was just like, you know what? We've, we haven't known how to feel for the past six months, right? Or certainly the past week after, after the events of, of that election. And I think everybody just felt whether you, uh, whether you voted or, whoever you voted for, I think you just felt like, okay, life will go on. We will go to weddings. We will go to funerals. We will go to parties. We will dance. We will drink. We will do all these things. Uh, And I hope people felt that that moment. I really did.
0: Let me tell you what I felt. And I think I told you this, but in in that moment at that time in our history uh, to feel that amount of love from friends, but also from the venue and from the college um, and to to hear that applause reverberating off the walls of a church, which I mean, Muhlenberg is sort of non-denominational, right? Or it's not, Lutheran, actually. Lutheran, it's Lutheran, but, but it's yeah, not but like,
2: incredibly inclusive. You know, yeah.
0: Right. Um, I remember thinking like, this is how you're supposed to feel in a church. Like you're supposed to feel held and loved and, and supported and not judged and celebrated. You know what I mean? Like you're supposed to be in a community of, of of love and support and that's what it felt like and it was really powerful and exactly on
2: time thank you thank you and you know what isn't that great i mean now thank god we live in a we live in a world that is that is i hope moving closer toward anyone feeling that in any capacity in any place right and and so that means a lot thank you for sharing that
0: uh thank you for Sharing and for having us, I I want to talk about your career. You are uh, a titan of the public relations industry. (laughs) You're the CEO of Ketchum. What is it about you that is suited to to PR? Why Why do you think it clicked for you there?
2: Wow, Um, you know, hmm. I happened into this career. I I really did. uh, but I, you know, but, but I think it was, it was certainly, whether it's fate or whatever you believe in, I, I, um, as the story goes, true story. I, I, uh, I was living in Washington. I was interning on the Hill and peddling my resume anywhere that would take me. And I spoke to a bunch of, uh, a bunch of folks that, that were mentors to me, um, and, one of them, uh, who actually, back to Millenburg College, where all things begin, uh, a guy named Christopher Herring, who was the director of admissions, and I called him because I had no freaking idea what to do. And he said, he said, Michael, listen, you love to, to you love to write your, you know, you like to, to, to speak public, all these things, and you're really good, is lovely of him, you're a really good storyteller. I think you should look into public relations. And I honestly, I've joked, like, if he had said, you would, you're, you're super nimble, you should be an acrobat. Like, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to immediately go to the circus. Like, I think I would have done anything you told me to. Long story short, I get an interview at Ketchum at a place that, that I, you know, now, now still, uh, still love. And uh, I, they loved me, but I was a day late and a dollar short. they had already hired someone and I missed it. They had already hired somebody to take that job. And about three days later, they called me back and said that this this uh, young woman uh, ran from the building crying because uh, it was too stressful and she couldn't handle it. Do you want the job now? And of course, oh, I was God. like, absolutely, sure. You know, I'll take a paycheck. I'll be there in a minute. And, um, and, I, and I joined it. And, you know, I've, I've come and gone. I've, I've left the agency and come back again and, and uh, had a bunch of different experiences. But the, but the short answer to your question is, I think that... I I certainly don't know that I'm, I'm perfectly suited, but I think I've been able to find some success, but find enormous joy in a couple of things. I love, I love psychology. I love understanding why people believe or do or don't believe or buy or care about something, Uh, whether that's a cause or a product um, or, or a mission, an initiative, a movement, I love understanding why someone cares about that, and helping a company um, achieve their goals by tapping into that. So I love when a client says to us, this is our business objective, this is what we're trying to achieve, great, let's talk about why, let's talk about why, why do you exist, what purpose are you solving for, or you're filling for that consumer or that stakeholder and diagnosing it and diagnosing it and diagnosing it and coming back with some beautiful, either big creative program or the most simple strategic recommendation to help a client do great work. And I just, I love that. I love being able to tell brilliant stories for clients, helping them be you know, their best selves, helping executives achieve their business goals. I, I, I just, I love that. And I love that so much of it comes back down to psychology and to that kind of motivation and tapping in to, to people's why. And, and I've never lost that. I've always had that. I'm always, I've always kind of been a diagnoser. I love to kind of keep asking why and driving people crazy. But what I love about it now is that we're in positions and I'm in a position where we can genuinely help a company tell its story to whatever end makes sense for their business and their people. And, and that's why I love what I do.
3: You know, in reading about Ketchum, reading about you, it's interesting. a word that came up in a few different contexts was empathy. And it mm. really struck me because I don't think people associate empathy with PR, but I also think sure people associate PR with entertainment publicists and the like sort of sharky caricature of a you know that that breed of of human, which obviously you are not. But I feel like a good reflection of. You know empathy in your work. It, can, can you just tell people about the um, the campaign you did with? Was it Mastercard? Sure. Your name? Yeah. Oh,
2: I'd love to. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, I'll talk about empathy though, real, real quick, I, because it, it's um, it's just in, inherent in what we try to do every day, and and it happens to be Ketchum's tagline: empathy plus intelligence. Because what we think we do best and, and we strive for every day is to help. Brands understand what is motivating and what matters to the consumers that they want to reach, and there's no other way to do that than to figure out what a day in, in the life for that individual looks like. How are they feeling? What, what what's their what's their home life? What, what's their family situation? What's their just what's their whole context? Right, and so really putting some discipline into understanding what it's like to be in that person's shoes, and then marrying that with really super smart strategic recommendations that are born of data, always born of data and, uh, and figuring out what the solution is. So, so empathy is a massive part of what we do. Um, The, uh, and it's part, big part of, of how we hire. I, you know, I, I want to hire. I will, I love working with the people that I do at catch them because my God, they just show up so human. I mean, at the end of the day, we might be working for a brand like MasterCard and I'll talk about that, but, you know, at the end of the day, MasterCard is a big, beautiful global organization filled with humans, right? In service of humans, right? And, and so that's, that's just, it's, it's fundamental to the work that we do in communications. MasterCard, probably one of the most important things that I've ever had an opportunity to do and, and something Ketchum will be proud of for the rest of the time. MasterCard, uh, who has, it's a brand that has long, been. I am, I should say, I'm, I'm by no means a, an official spokesperson for the brand, um, but uh, they're one of our most important clients, Um, a long-standing supporter of inclusion in all its forms. Uh, MasterCard has shown up for marginalized communities, including the LGBTQ community, for years and years and years. Several years ago, I think it was about 2018, they landed on uh, an observation, and it was a a, uh, sort of a joint observation, MasterCard and their partner agencies, um, a phenomenal agency called McCann that we work with on MasterCard that for any member of the trans community, when when you apply for a credit card and then ultimately use a credit card at point of sale, that credit card had to have the name that you were assigned at birth, right? Mike Doyle is on my credit card. Well, imagine the the horror, the pain, the the conflict, the the anxiety, embarrassment, whatever the emotion is. If you're a trans person in any phase of that of that transition, of your personal journey, and you show up with a credit card that may appear to be confusing or different at point of sale for the person that you're trying to, to interact with. Horrible, right? And so talk about empathy, right? What must that feel like said MasterCard. And so MasterCard said, we're, we're not going to stand for that. We're going to create something called the True Name Card. And it was the first ever credit card that could be issued with the chosen name of that individual. It was breakthrough. It is now represented by so many issuers, Citibank and others. And it was, it was and remains a watershed moment in... The trans, I would say the trans movement, particularly as it related to what a brand would be doing and and how a brand would stand up for the trans community. It is it's a spectacular example of a brand demonstrating so much empathy that it was willing to, to make a commercial commitment, the business committed to affecting change. For an underrepresented and marginalized community, it was. Uh, it, it remains one of the. You can tell. I, I get. I get just goosebumps when I talk about it. One of the great privileges of my career to be a part of that.
3: Yeah, that's this is uh, that's a whole other level.
2: Next level. Next level.
3: Yeah,
0: that's what you do. Um, tell us very quickly about what you're doing with GLAD. You are now on the board of GLAD, Mike Doyle. I am. I am. Hold you run on. the gay community now.
2: I do. Not. <laughs> oh my god, no.
0: Yeah, no, you do. No, you do. do you're not, at the steering no. wheel of the gay community now, Mike Doyle.
2: Ever asked you're that. essentially,
0: I, you're on the board of directors of the gay community.
2: I, I will tell you, um, and I, I don't mean to be hyperbolic, it is to date the the singular honor of, uh, I mean, being CEO is right up there, but but I can tell you, to be on this board with this beautiful group of people uh, uh, in service of an organization that I have admired my whole life Um uh, it's uh, it's unbelievable it really is it glad is doing such important work and to um to watch the way that sarah kate ellis and her team um are are genuinely advancing and accelerating acceptance and doing it through the lens of everything we're consuming all of the media that we're consuming all of the content that the world is is um, is privy to, the way that Glad is trying to help shape it and trying to illuminate um, the beauty and and the and the horror, right? The incredible work that that, that Glad is doing to it uh, to accelerate acceptance. I am I am but a spectator, but uh, but very happy to be more in the game um, than I've than I've ever been. I've been on the board now for a year, joined by. Uh, joined by people from, I mean, you talk about titans of industry, just amazing leaders and, and activists and performers and, and artists that come together and try to do the good work of this organization in service of our community. It's an amazing honor.
0: And they are so lucky to have you, truly. Oh, you are you. a lot.
2: <laughs> yes, I In am. the
0: best in the way. way. Oh,
2: ask anybody. Ask anybody.
0: <laughs> Mike Doyle, thank you so much for being here, for doing this, for being you.
2: Well, for bearing I, with us through these uh this technical nightmare. It was worth it. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: You are <laughs> you know it's the greatest.
2: Fitting. It seems like I am not. I am I am incredibly humbled by this. And I uh I'm I'm afraid to get your listener results. You know, I'm a data guy, so I have a feeling I'm gonna show up pretty close to the bottom of the list. So I'll I'll send it don't to my family at him. and try to jack it up.
0: We don't look at them no we, we don't do look well. at him.
2: you guys are spectacular so so you're talented. the it's an honor. Best. It's an honor to be with you
3: Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god.
0: Now it's me. Fuck. I hear you. Fuck.
3: Oh, we hear I thought he was reacting to your description of So did I. So did god
0: I, I, damn
2: it. I pause? Oh god damn I mean, it. Is he back? I don't I can't so
3: Oh Sorry. my God. We've gotta keep this. Ugh.